0: First John chapter 2 starting verse number 19 uh, it says they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would have no doubt continued with us but they went out that they might be they made manifest that they were not all of us This verse is pretty straightforward but there is some profound meaning and I'm going to pray before we look into it any deeper Lord thank you once again, for the opportunity of the preaching of your word, we thank you for uh, the Bible. Thank you that we can uh, have it, we can read it, we can know it. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that uh, illuminates us to be able to understand it. Uh, give us insight into this passage this tonight as we look into it in Jesus' name. Amen. It seems as if every week, every week, every month, every couple weeks, I hear about some prominent Christian leader who denounces their faith. Wouldn't you agree? We hear about it all the time. Look on social media, you hear about some preacher, he decided he wasn't a Christian anymore. It was, you know, sometimes they say it was 20 years in the making. This isn't something that hasn't happened overnight. This is just something that I've come to the conclusion, and and the world is shocked. The world is shocked. Now, many of the people I'm referring to, they are not, uh, I, I would say they are not, of the same we use a baptist denomination that they're they're not baptist per se but they are they claim to have been of the body of Christ and we understand different uh you know groups of christians do things different ways and we don't always agree on every way uh but those of us who are christians we agree that Jesus died for our sins that he was buried and that he rose again and that salvation only comes through Jesus Christ those are the people i'm referring to and all too often, I, f- I hear of Christian leader, a Christian leader who may have denounced their faith. Sometimes they're part of these uh, Christian uh, rock bands as you hear, and you know, for uh, you know, many Christians, they are just, you know the greatest thing ever. It's like they're a superhero Christian, but he turns out to just be a fraud. What happened? They went out from us because they were not of us. In bus meeting and in the Awana meeting. I was talking about uh, the bus ministry, the Iwana ministry, why we do what we do, and I, and I referenced a song that's entitled, Thank You, Thank You for Giving to the Lord. That, is, that was written by a guy by the name of Ray Bolts. Anybody know Ray Bolts? He wrote many other, I think he wrote the song, Shepherd Boy, some really good Christian hymns and songs, good ones. A number of years ago, he came out and left his wife and I think his kids, and he turned to a homosexual lifestyle. What happened? He went out from us because he was not of us. And again, we're talking about people who deny, ultimately, who the Lord Jesus is and what he stands for. They went out from us because they were not of us. Some younger folks in here may know of a a youtube a youtube uh two youtube you know stars they go by the names Rhett and link Rhett and link now anybody over 40 probably doesn't have any idea who that is that's okay but they claim to be christians they didn't always uh you know they weren't doing christian content by any means but they were known to be christians they moved out i believe to los angeles and after you know many years and in getting involved with the Lifestyles that they had out there and exposed to all that, they both denounced their faith. And that came as a shock to many people, uh, to many young people who kind of looked up to them because they put out relatively, you know, good, clean content. And they were shocked that these people, they basically became agnostics. They said, Well, I don't think you can really know. Oh, church was good for me. It was all positive, but I feel liberated now that I'm not a part of it anymore. They went out from us because they were not of us. We're often surprised. I look back and I think about the disciples, and as they're uh, you know, having the first Lord's table, they're sitting around and, they're, and Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. And they obviously didn't know who that was going to be, because they all said, is it me, Lord? Is it me? Is it me? That's a great way to be, by the way. Is it me? They weren't saying, oh, yeah, well, well we know that's Judas. <laughs> they weren't saying that because Judas had everybody fooled. Judas was the guy, as pastor preached in a sermon not too long ago, Jesus was the guy who who carried the money, who had responsibility. And I'm sure the disciples were dismayed when they saw Judas walking up, kissing Jesus on the cheek. And of course, the guards come coming and taking him away. They were shocked. Judas, he went out from them because he was not of them. It's exactly what happened. There was they were shocked. Sadly, it's not only famous Christian people who that happens to and who we look to and see walk away from the faith, but it's also people that we know and love that do the same thing. We're talking about people who we've ministered to People that you've ministered to, that you've been to their home, that you've fellowshipped, you've been out to eat with them, you've helped disciple, but they've left us because they were not of us. And by the way, I'm not referring to preferential things, I'm talking about the main thing. They've walked away from the faith. They left us because they were not of us. I had friends in college, I can think of one specifically, and I remember shortly after I graduated. He was about a year or two behind me. He ended up leaving college, and I, and I looked on social media, and I could see his posts, and, and I noticed that there was some deterioration that was happening in his life. He was hanging around with people that uh, I wouldn't assume by the way they were living, that they were Christian people. The activities that he was involved in, I wouldn't say that it, they were he was being a part of you know upstanding Christian uh, activities. Uh, slowly, slowly and slowly, he began to deteriorate in his life. Of course, he grew up in a good, solid church, similar to Gospel Baptist Church. His, his family and his friends and the good folks like yourself, they would comment on his post with some of the horrible things that he was participating in, and they would say, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? We know you have been raised better. And his response was, arrogant. In a very flippant response, he says, oh, I'll get right with God later on in my life. Right now, I'm just going to sow my wild oats. I'm going to do what I want to do. Maybe later I'll get right with God. And I mean, this was a guy who was involved heavily at Crown College, a guy who was involved in doing ministries and bus routes and Bible clubs and public schools. What I'm saying is he had us fooled. He went out from us because he was not of us. Either he was, is severely backslidden, or he never had it to begin with. Those are the two options. And judging by uh, his life that he continues to live and the things that I, that I see, I don't know. I mean, I think Christians who are raised from God, they become chastised. An example, Jonah. We know Jonah. There was no running. I mean, Jonah tried to run, but God was putting him in a squeeze to where he was, had to make a decision time after time. I think of uh, David, who got wayward with Bathsheba, and God chastised him to the place where he wrote and penned Psalm 51, a fabulous psalm of repentance and coming back to God. That's what God does for his children. So uh, I'm not saying this man, never, this man isn't saved, I, I don't know. But it doesn't look good, is what I'm saying. Someone who doesn't have a desire to please the Lord, it doesn't look good. Many of us have had lifetime friends that have done the same thing. We've had young people who've grown up at Gospel Baptist Christian School. I've had friends that I've grown up in uh, Heritage Baptist Temple in Little Rock who have done the exact same thing. They went out from us because they were not of us. And it breaks our heart. We see it. You see it on social media. You hear about it from other people. And even our own family members who have walked away. But they went out from us because they were not of us. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 13, he was giving a parable to his disciples. I won't have you turn there. It's a very simple parable. Uh, It's often referred to as a parable of the wheat and the tares. The wheat and the tares. And the parable says that, you know, a man went out into his field and he went to sow good seed. And that's what he did. He covered the earth with it. But at night, some evil men came and they took bad seed and they sowed it in the ground all around. Now, of course, at that time and while the the watering began and before anything sprouted up out of the earth, nobody knew. The man didn't know that his field had been defiled by this bad seed. And it wasn't until the sprout started coming up that he noticed, oh my goodness, and the men came back and told him, well, we've got some some tares that have been sown into the field. And, of course, they grew up together, and Jesus gives, tells uh, continues to tell the story about how that at the uh, harvest time, they were going to gather both, and they'd be separated. The wheat in one pile, pile the tares in the other, or the one would be burned, and the other one would be saved. He goes on to give the explanation of that story, and he describes that Jesus, he's the one sowing the good seed, the gospel. That he is, and, and that good seed is being produced, but all around us, and that the, the world is the field. And all around us, there's people who are growing up close to us, but it hasn't been made manifest yet that they are tares. Right now, it may kind of seem, maybe when they're, they're small and their Christian life begins just a little bit, we think that they are who we are, but after they begin to grow, And to grow, and time goes on, time tells what really took place. That they were never really wheat, they were tares all along. And even in our midst today, I hate to say it, but there's probably some folks in here that soon will not be here. Why? Because they were not of us. They were with us, and we thought they were with us, but if they really had been with us, they would continue with us. But they left because they were not of us. Verse 43 says of Matthew 13 about the wheat and the tares, Jesus says in the example, he says, after the the tares have been cast into the the fire, he says, then the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. After that all taken place and he separates the wheat from the tares, the righteous are going to shine forth. How does that what does that mean? What is that, what is he talking about? Well, right now we have, we have believers all around us who, who people who claim to be believers and they tarnish the name of Jesus Christ. They tarnish everything that you stand for. People that you know and love have done the exact same thing. And the people that I know and love have done that. But until the end, God is going to separate everything and people and us as believers are going to, be able to be seen for who we truly are in Jesus Christ, and we are going to shine forth as the Son with our Father in heaven. It'll be wonderful. So as we look at this passage, there's uh, three three kind of main points I want to look at. The first one is uh, realize the reality of antichrists. Realize the reality of Antichrist. The word antichrists, we don't usually talk about much, a lot about the antichrist, and I'm going to distinguish that in a minute. The previous verse, verse 18, if you look in 1 John 2, it says, little children, it is the last time. Interesting that he says that 2,000 years ago, John writes and says, it, it's the last time. They believe they were living in the last time, as we do right now. And he says, as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. So what's an Antichrist? The term Antichrist is used uh, in our mind, and we often think of an evil individual who's energized by Satan, who's going to show up at the end of the world during the tribulation period, those seven years, and is going to cause terror on the earth. And the devil's going to empower him. And he is going to wreak havoc on on this world. And people have been talking about the Antichrist. I don't know who the Antichrist is. There's a lot of speculation this afternoon mom I was thinking about I think I was eight or nine years old I remember we were eating like Thanksgiving meal at grandma's house your mom's house and I remember the adults I kind of heard them they were talking around the table and one of them said George W Bush is the Antichrist (laughs) I won't tell it who it was you probably know who that was And I mean, I just, you know, got to, I didn't know a lot back then. And, you know, from time to time, we've heard, you know, different, different things about who, you know, is speculated to be the Antichrist. I don't think we really know. And that really wasn't the main point of his message. He was saying, yes, there is a man of sin that is going to come just as Daniel mentioned, just as Jesus mentioned, just as Paul mentioned, just as John, of course, referenced in Revelation uh, as well. But there are antichrists that are alive and well today. They are not the antichrist, but there are many antichrists. And the antichrist, of course, the tribulation is unique, but the others are just simply smaller versions of what the antichrist is going to be. They are denying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he's the way, that he's the truth, that he's the life. That is the spirit of Antichrist. 1 John 4, 3, this is the definition of what an Antichrist is. 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, a few pages over, it says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. There's individuals out there now, masses, groups of people who are promoting Jesus Christ as just a good man. That's a spirit of Antichrist. They're promoting that Jesus Christ was, he was a prophet. That is a spirit of Antichrist. That he was just a teacher. That is a spirit of Antichrist. Some even claim, ignorantly, that a man, the man Jesus Christ, didn't even exist. There's people who actually believe that. That is the spirit of antichrist and individuals that we know have left out from us from the christian faith because they claim the same thing it's interesting that john says if we look back in verse number 18 he said in in chapter 2 he says eat in the middle of it you see there he says even now even now there are many antichrists think about how close they were to jesus actually being with them physically It had not been long since Jesus had ascended to heaven. There were people still on the earth who had witnessed what Jesus had done. They witnessed not only his death, but they also witnessed his resurrection and his resurrected body and his resurrected ministry. They witnessed that, and they were so close to the truth. But even back then, 2,000 years ago, there was still false teaching and error. Now, we have a lot of error today but it surprises me that they had that all the way back there close to the time of Jesus Christ. And so we read it as even then in a past tense. He was reading it in a present, even now. We read it as even then there was perversion, there was false doctrine, there was false teachers, and there were many antichrists. The other word, even now there are many. So it wasn't just there was one, there was two. There were a lot of them. And there appears to be more error than truth concerning Christ even today there's more error than truth concerning Jesus Christ you say how do you know that go online look pick up a book and read anything about the Christian faith there is a lot and compare it to the Word of God and there is a lot of error that means there are many antichrists who are out in the world today everywhere we turn there's false doctrine I mean we turn on the TV. We got uh, televangelists preaching health and wealth, as Pastor Bill you know, counteracted this morning. False teaching. Spirit of Antichrist. You go and you turn on the radio and you hear preachers on there. Most of them aren't preaching the true gospel, the true thing. You run into people. You find that they aren't believing what the Bible teaches you open up a Christian book and you're surprised when you actually see something and read something that's good. I mean, we as Bible-believing Christians, I think you know what I'm talking about. We're shocked when we actually find something that's the truth. I'm like, wow, wow, somebody else is out there proclaiming what the Bible teaches because there are many, many antichrists who are out there promoting other things. It's not just the... TV evangelists, the faith healers, the radio preachers, or these Christian books that are antichrists. It's people who walk back and forth out of these doors every Sunday. Often we look for wolves in sheep clothing and we always look to the preachers, which rightfully so. They're the, they're the ministers and everything, and I understand, I understand that, but we forget to look amongst ourselves. There are many antichrists, even, I would say, in our midst that we come across from time. You say, how do you know that? Well, I got some examples in a little bit. I'll show you and uh, I'll tell you. But it's not just them. They are people that are here and are amongst us. And as time goes on, we have seen in the past and we're going to see in the future people who are not with us anymore because they are not of us. Secondly, not not only do we realize that there are antichrists who are out there, in our midst today, also we have to recognize the characteristic of these false teachers and these antichrists. And uh, we assume, as I mentioned, that they're just pastors and church leaders, but that's not always the case. It's it's anybody who claims, proclaims to know God, but lives in darkness. Those are that is one of the definitions that John gives as somebody who has a characteristic of a false teacher or a false Christian. It says in verse number 4 of chapter 2, he says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. These are all examples how we can recognize and identify who is real and who is not. They proclaim to know God, but they live in darkness. And so many people, they claim, oh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but you look at their life and just the very surface things that everybody can see, and you say, oh, that does not look too good for you. Because you proclaim to know God, but you walk and you live in darkness. The road to leaving is always, always starts with disobedience, the disobedient Christian. And as I think back in my mind about different people who have come into my life and I can see how they take one step after another, it always starts with disobedience, walking in darkness. Matthew 7, Jesus says, ye know them by their fruits. He says, do men gather grapes of thorns, of figs, or of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth, bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. What Jesus is saying is you see an apple tree, it has apples on it, it's an apple tree. You see an orange tree, it has oranges on it, it's an orange tree. You see a fig tree, it has figs on it, it's a fig tree. He says, basically he's saying, call it like you see it. It is what it is. Now, of course, Many Christians out there, they they stop and say, Stop! Don't judge me! Don't judge me! Grace! Grace! And you've heard it over and over again, and I've heard it over and over again. And they plead grace, and I'm thankful for grace. And if it had not been for grace, I would not be saved tonight, neither would you. But it's not a ticket to sin. Paul says, God forbid. How that we are dead to sin should live any longer therein. When you think about that, when I come in contact with those people, I say, well, is Jesus wrong with his statement? He says, look at the things they are producing in their life. And if they, essentially, if they look like a Christian, hey, they're a Christian. If they're producing fruit, they are. If they're not, now we're not talking about workspace by any means, but we're talking about evidences that somebody is saved and is a Christian. Many, they preach, oh, that's just legalism. That's legalism. How many of you have heard that? The term legalism in Christianity has been abused. Legalism is saying you got to do this, this, and this to be saved. But they try to take it and say, well, if I'm saved, you can't tell me anything to do, if you tell me to be modest, oh, that's legalism. No, that's just good Christian living. Any person that professes they know God but walks in darkness is deceived. They are deceived. That's not what legalism has to do with salvation, not with not with commands of Christ that we are to follow. And they immediately want to jump up and act, I can live any way I want to live. I can look like the world. I can act like the world in grace. If I was that person, I would be scared for my salvation. I would be scared because your life doesn't match up. And as we look through Scripture, and there's many passages I can show you that people who are living continually in open sin, without remorse, without regret, without chastisement, are not of the kingdom of God; they are deceived. Next, a next, a um, next way we can recognize who these people are. they're again, they are deceived. They are deceived. To find out how these false teachers and antichrists are deceived, go back to chapter one. Remember, there are no chapter and verse divisions in Scripture. We put them there just so we can find our places in a timely manner. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. There are movements out there that are promoting humanism in society and in uh, public education and secular colleges, sexual preference, preference, gender preference. You see all these horrible atrocities that are going on, school shootings. There is no condemnation of sin anymore people out there promoting that there is really no such thing as sin. We see these horrible things going on in public school. You probably just saw on the news a place over in uh, a middle school over in Lee County. They just arrested two young boys look like they were in about the eighth grade or something. They were planning a mass shooting at their school conspiracy of a mass shooting at their school. And they had detailed plans. You can go look it all up. Why? There is no preaching of sin, minimizing sin, that men aren't really bad. You just do what you want. It doesn't really matter. That is a spirit of antichrist and an evidence of a person who does not really truly have Jesus Christ in their life. And not, It's not just a d- denial, by the way. It's also a downplay, people who downplay sin, that God doesn't really care. God doesn't really care. They're deceived. They are deceived. Even at Vacation Bible Camp, we had some visitors that came from the promotions that we did. And I think, I'm not sure if it was Miss Amy or somebody who ran into those, uh, the people. They had a, uh, one or two young little kids. It was a young uh, man and a woman. And during one of the Bible lessons, I guess one of the, one of the teachers talked about hell talked about hell. Now I went over kind of what the whole teaching was about, and it was not predominantly about hell, nor was it the emphasis. It was just something that she had mentioned in there, how that if you don't know Christ as your savior, you spend eternity in hell. Something, something, something like that. And it was the truth, by the way. So after the service, I don't know if they talked to Miss Amy or somebody, they came up and said, well, we're, we're not coming back tomorrow night. You guys just just talk way, there's just way too much talk about hell. We don't really believe in hell. We don't believe in hell, and that's just inappropriate kind of for that age group. And for those people, we don't talk about that. We don't really believe that. We believe that God's love, that is the spirit of Antichrist. It's a downplay of sin. When you downplay hell, you downplay sin. Because sin is so bad that God created hell and the lake of fire. Do not downplay sin. And those people, they went out from us because they were not of us. And I would say they probably weren't real Christians. They went out from us because they were not of us. Not only they're deceived, they have a denial of sin, there's no love of God, says in verse 11 of chapter 2, but he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. The people who are blind, they don't even know they're blind. They're not out there searching, saying, Please, can I find the truth? They're deceived. They're blind and they don't even know it. It's like when you can remember before you were saved and after you're saved, and how Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, illuminated your mind to what, and you saw the real world. You saw how things really were, and you realized, I was blind to the right thing. These people are blind. They don't even know their spiritual predicament that they're in. These people, they truly think they are saved and they are convinced that they are saved, but they are not because they minimize sin. They hate their brothers and they do not have a love of God in their heart. These are the people that are going to come to the Lord on the day of judgment. They're going to say, Lord, hey, Lord, Lord, we did this for you. We prophesied in your name. We were Sunday school teachers. I drove a bus for you every week. Man, I went out on door to door. I told others about Jesus, but they were lost. They were lost. Now, again, Revelation 21, eight says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second of death. Some of us fit some of those descriptions. I've lied. We all have lied. Does this mean we're not saved? No. Didn't didn't David commit murder? No. Yes, he did, but but he was saved. And these are people who, this is a continual lifestyle, and, and John says if you have somebody who continues to hate his brother and has hate for them, that means another fellow believer, another individual Let's, let's make hit the rubber where the rubber meets the road. What about some family members? What about a spouse who has done you wrong? Some of you have been through some horrible divorces. Forgive, forgive, move on. Don't be deceived, don't be blinded. First John 3, 6 says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not, and whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Now, if you would take that verse and you base your entire Christianity off that one verse, you'd probably take it and say, well, I guess if I sin, even one time, I guess, I guess I'm not a Christian. No, that's talking about the continuation of sin in your life over and over without any uh, repentance, without any remorse, without any chastisement. And that's what these people that I'm talking about who have left from us because they were not of us. And it is a, con- it is a continuation of life. And we saw that, of course, who they are, but they've also departed. And he says they went out from us because they were not of us. And, of course, they would have, if they would have been of us, they would have tarried with us. They left the faith. They weren't excommunicated. Nobody threw these people out. They left on their own free will, and that was a good thing. And it's a good thing when those people leave. You say, that's harsh. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So everybody often looks for revival to come from the pulpit right here, but sometimes revival comes from the back door. Wouldn't you agree? We've seen it from time to time, especially high school. We've had a high school and uh, for, for many years, been involved in the last six years or so. And from time to time, we try to hold on to maybe a high school student who's a bad influence, hold on to them, don't want to let them go. Finally, they leave or, or they have to go. We have to kick them out, something like that. And it's peaceful. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Revival came when they left. And many times that's the case of churches all around around where people have departed and they have left. COVID's given many people an easy out. I could name a few for you, but I'm not going to. False, I would almost say false professing Christians. They had the opportunity to slip out undetected and they have done it. And here they are a year and a half later still riding on that. But the truth is, I think they left because they were never of us. You say, well, I didn't think you had to go to church to be saved. No, but but a Christian who loves God and has the love of God in her heart is going to want to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, 100%. Sadly, it's an evidence. It's an evidence. Not conclusive, but it's an evidence that they never truly really had it because they can just go on about their merry way without any sort of uh, repercussion or that life just keeps moving on. And the evidence, it builds for people's unregenerate predicaments. They walk in darkness, they're deceived about their predicament, they depart from the faith, and then they minimize who Jesus Christ is. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus Christ is an antichrist. He denieth the Father and the Son. True Christians have a right view of Jesus Christ. They have a right view of Jesus Christ. Salvation is not just an acknowledgement that I believe Jesus existed thousands of years ago, and I believe that, yes, he went out and taught, and I believe he died on a cross and he was buried and resurrected. There are many people who believe that but are going to spend an eternity in the lake of fire because they have never repented of their sins. That's doing a 180, turning the other way and turning to Jesus Christ. They have a knowledge in the head, but they don't have any sort of heart knowledge, repentance um, to go along with it. James says, Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well, but even the devils also believe and they tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? These people have a a works. Many antichrists have a works-based salvation that there's more than one way. There's a church... Right down the road, that I was going door to door, met one of them, and he handed me a flyer out, and it had all these other religious symbols on there. All these other, and they were having a national, like, day of prayer. Doesn't matter what religion you come from, doesn't matter. We just want to pray to God, ask God to heal our land. Any God that's out there, Allah, Buddha, you name it, that is a spirit of Antichrist. Absolutely, 100%. That Jesus, God doesn't exist. They have this attitude, Jesus was just a man, and they seduce others. It's infectious. Even these people who, who I talked to, I mentioned to you about hell and how they, that they uh, didn't, you know, believe hell existed, and that, man, that's just a terrible thing, and God's love, that's infectious. Because the devil starts working that, even in my own heart, and I say, wow, that sounds pretty good. Hell seems real bad. I can't believe that a good God would send anybody there. And I say, stop! Let the Bible be true and let every man be a liar. The spirit of Antichrist. And there are some we can refute these false teachings. Just as they they show evidences of their lost predicament, we can show evidences and counteract that. We have an unction from the Holy Spirit. Praise God. We have the the same word unction is used as charisma and is translated anointing in other places of the Bible. We have an anointing. Our eyes have been opened. We see the truth. Let us not be discouraged. And it's sad when it's people in our own midst that we know. It's sad, but may we press on. May we press on. May we understand that we have the truth and God has given us this anointing and we don't have to rely on any other man to teach us the word of God. But that you can open your Bible and you can know it for yourself. The truth. Compare what I say with scripture. Compare what anybody else says with scripture. You have the ability to do that. We're not relying on men to give us the truth, we're relying on God and his Holy Spirit. And we have that unction from heaven. We have the truth. And as we finish, may we understand that the spirit of Antichrist is alive and well. May we understand that those people are in our midst, sadly. When they leave, may we chalk it up and say, well, they left because they were not of us. And may we guard and combat false doctrine and nip it at the door the moment it comes in. I wish I had time to go and tell you different instances where you folks have caught on to false doctrine that I've heard of and experienced. You've caught on to it and you've dealt with it, addressed it right away, and those people have left. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. May God bless Gospel Baptist Church. May we stick to the old book. May we not allow the spirit of Antichrist to come and infest what, what a great thing we have here. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity uh, to preach your word tonight. We thank you for Gospel Baptist Church since 1980 has uh, held the torch uh, of the Bible and has promoted the right view of the gospel and the right view of Jesus Christ. May we continue as lights to to shine it forth, to proclaim it to everybody we know. In this world, there's so much darkness. Uh, We have an opportunity to shine really bright. And as the days grow darker and darker and darker, what more of an opportunity do we have to point people to the truth? In a world of false doctrine, may we, may we point people to the true Jesus Christ who can save them from their sins. Give them a home in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com.